welcome to Exhale, a podcast series where we discuss topical information about spirometry and respiratory care. I'm your host, Mark Russell, Marketing Communications Manager for Vitalograph US, a global leader in respiratory solutions. This is episode number one. Today's guest is Susan Blonshine, President and CEO of TechEd Consultants. Susan is one of the country's leading authorities on respiratory therapy and specifically in pulmonary function testing. Today, we're going to discuss the NIOSH spirometry training course that TechEd consultants provide. And also, we're going to touch upon the new ATS guidelines. So I hope you enjoy. We're here in Lenexa, Kansas at the Vitalograph's U.S. offices at our new training center. Hey, welcome, Susan. Thanks, Mark. Hey, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, what brought you here today? Yeah, I'm a registered respiratory therapist, registered in pulmonary function testing, certified asthma educator. Um, I've been practicing respiratory therapy and pulmonary diagnostic testing um, for a number of years now. And one of the things that I really enjoy is education and helping others understand pulmonary diagnostic testing, how to do it well, and how to care for our patients well. Um, So what we did today, the last couple of days, is we provided a NIOSH spirometry training course. Wonderful. How did it go today? Um, Great. We had a great couple of days. It's really enjoyable to watch people with no background whatsoever in spirometry testing to go through that first day where there's, you know, some confusion, a lot of information that they have to take in, to the second day where you can really start to see them understanding the information and making really good progress um, in terms of doing good quality testing. And and who are these students? I mean, why don't you give us an idea of, uh, uh, you know, you said some of them don't have any background whatsoever. Uh, who, who are these people that are, are wanting to t- attend your classes? Uh, why don't you explain to the, our audience what what's involved in that? In the occupational um, testing um, environment, we find that people come from all types of backgrounds. You may have respiratory therapists, okay. um, everywhere from an MA okay. um, to, to people that are just helping in that occupational health area with little to no medical background, okay. um, maybe doing testing, MAs, RNs, PAs, um, nurse practitioners, all the way up to physicians. Okay, so um, uh, uh, why don't you break down what type of uh, a two-day course, what is that all involved? The two-day course that NIOSH certifies um, for directors to provide includes a specific number of didactic and a good amount of that, at least 50% of that, is hands-on practicing, learning how to do the test appropriately. And most importantly, they come out of that two days with the ability to do a good quality spirometry test. Wonderful, wonderful. So uh, how did you get to this uh, uh, opportunity to train a lot of people? Why don't you tell tell our audience your background? Um, Well, I started my own company about 20, 25 years ago. I had been at the hospital for 25 years, worked in every area of diagnostics, Mm -hmm. Um, that I could develop a, a multitude of programs in that setting, um, but I wanted to do more. I really wanted to be able to spend my time full time doing writing and speaking and teaching and really working in pulmonary diagnostics in several different venues. Um, and so one of those things 
as the years went on, was developing, uh, being a course director for the NIOSH spirometry courses. Okay, great. And um, why don't you get into the specifics of how somebody could sign up to one of your classes? Um, we have our own website mm -hmm. um, at Tech Ed Consultants okay. that you certainly could go visit. Um, and on that website, we have a section related to occupational health as well as our spirometry classes. Also, the NIOSH um, group this through the CDC okay. also has a calendar of available NIOSH courses too. And we do courses in our own offices in okay. the Lansing area, but we also travel. All over the country. We do. We travel, we'll work all over the country um, to do NIOSH spirometry training courses as well. So it must really keep you busy. It does. It's <laughs> one of one of many things that we like to do. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the new ATS guidelines that are coming out, um, and you're trying to incorporate that in your classes, I understand. Right, and we will be as soon as NIOSH has an opportunity in their office to really decide, you know, what we want to update, when it needs to be updated, integrated into the courses. That's that process is starting to occur. And does that happen yearly, or is that something that they do on random uh, occurrence, or what 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 happens to to, to uh, well, this is these? this is a really significant change okay. now. The last spirometry standards were published in 2005. Oh, okay, so it's on been a while. October, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, on October 15th um, of this year, there were new spirometry standards published okay. through a task force that included the European Respiratory Society and the American Thoracic Society. Um, it takes a lot of work. That group has been working for at least a couple of years now. Um, and those new standards were then published in October. Okay. And what we'll see is those new spirometry standards will get implemented within the NIOSH spirometry training courses. Um, the new standards will be implemented certainly in all the spirometry equipment. All the manufacturers are working very hard right now sure. to incorporate Vitalograph. Yeah. They, they, they always want to keep up to the leading edge of those the standards in the U.S., definitely. Yeah, and so it's a lot of work. It's sure. a lot of work for everyone to take new standards after this many years and start incorporating those into our practice. But it's really important that we do that, that it doesn't take us five years, ten years to incorporate these new standards. Sure. It should happen reasonably quick right. um, within our practices. And there's many things about these new standards I think that will really help people do a good job with spirometry performance as well. Um, so several things have changed. Just a quick summary yeah, of that. Yeah, why don't you give us a couple examples. Yeah, um, certainly relative contraindications have changed. There's um, several things related to equipment, uh -huh. uh, the calibration of devices now, that range and what we expect in terms of device accuracy and calibration has changed. Sure. Um, there's several things related to um, quality assurance and to how you do the procedures and what we accept for things like hesitation or a back extrapolation, um, and things that we're asking that the manufacturers do for us that help too, so that there's more information in the devices that tells you, you know, about your test. Mm -hmm. If you've done a good job or there's something you need to check, some more consistency standardization and, and um, 
those statements as well as standardization in the operator comments. Okay. So they don't have to type everything in. Sure. You know, so we can make their job easier as well. I think one of the interesting things that's come through these new standards is the task force actually did a survey of individuals who had performed spirometry. So our patients, our subjects. And they haven't done that before in the past? No, oh, no, that's I think that that was a, a really interesting thing that they did. Huh. That data will be published a little bit later on from that survey. But it, it's good to learn how our patients feel, how the people we're testing feel about what we're doing and how we instruct them and how we do our job. And I think all of that leads to better testing. Sure. Um, so I think that's one of the really good things. That's interesting. That they did. Um, they talk a lot about operator training uh -huh. and competence assessment, that we have to maintain competence okay. in the testing. That competence assessment needs to be integrated into what we're doing. Sure. Um, so we need to continue that learning. And that's one of the issues I think a lot of us have had over the years, right. is the competence of individuals performing those tests must be better than what it is today. Right. So why don't you tell us, uh, you know, you started uh, some 20 some years ago and, and how, how, how has it developed uh, through the years that you've seen new technology and, and as such? Uh, why don't you share our, to our audience, uh, you know, what, what has definitely changed when you, since you first started out? Oh, gracious. Technology certainly has changed, as we all appreciate, right. and changed fairly quickly. And I think there's more things that technology can do to help us in our job. But even in terms of spirometers, um, you know, 30, 40 years ago, we were all using volume-based devices, okay. water seal spirometers, okay. bellows. Um, most right. of our, our younger colleagues would hardly know what we're talking about today. Sure. Now we use virtually all flow-based devices. Right. So the devices have gotten much smaller, much more portable, um, where now we can use a PC, you know, plug in a USB port with our measuring device, and away we go. Sure, sure. Um, and, and with that, we should be able to build more things into our software. Absolutely. That help us with getting good quality. But that doesn't ever change the job of the technologists. They are responsible for the quality of the testing regardless of the type of equipment that they're using. Right. You could have the best product out there, but if you don't have somebody operating it, uh, you know, effectively, it's not going to get a good test. Yeah, that's yeah. so true, Mark. Right. Interesting. Well, hey, Susan, thank you for joining our very first podcast. Uh, hopefully this has been very informative to everybody, and uh, please uh, you know, if you like our uh, podcast, please uh, like us uh, on on uh, the the where you hear it locally. And uh, uh, Susan, again, thank you for joining us on our very first podcast, and and hope we have you back again here again. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much. You have been listening to Exhale Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Russell. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please leave us a review and subscribe to new episodes. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to you joining me again here at Exhale Podcast, sponsored by Vitalica.